Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Jenna. Hi. What are you reading? The Bible. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Heard that's a good book. Can't get enough. I was reading some St. Faustino quotes yesterday. Oh, uh uh-huh. Just randomly looking for a quote for Blessed She's Instagram. Jesus is like really intense with her. Yeah. He's intensely loving at times. Okay. I probably need to read the whole diary. Jenna, would you like to borrow my copy? I would love to read it. Thank you, Beth. How generous of you. Yeah. At times he is extremely intensely loving, so much so that you're uncomfortable. Oh, okay. Other times he is intense in his rebuke, his mission for her. I mean, everything. Faustina was intense. Oh, that's true. Do you know what I mean? The Lord really does appeal to us according to our own personality. He knows what works for each one of us. Yeah. I did notice, though, when I was reading the the diary, I had a greater appreciation or understanding of his majesty, his greatness, his intensity. It fleshed out another side of the face of God for me. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, so I thought it was funny because I was reading it and he was talking about not being talkative. And I was like very put off by it. No offense, Lord. <laughs> I just need to sit with it. You know, when you're like kind of bristled by things, I think it's great to sit with them. It's the best posture. Yes. I didn't do that yet. Awaiting the moment. We're processing But I it did right do now. a holy hour this morning. Didn't take that into my holy hour. <laughs> but I thought it was so funny because I was telling you during my holy hour, I was feeling really convicted about not gossiping. Yeah. And I went to scripture to find something about wanting the Lord to kind of guide me and not gossiping as opposed to something that I'm like restricting myself. Yes. Does that make sense? Totally. Like Doing not it. behavior modification, as yes. we sometimes say, but more like a posture of, okay, Jesus, I know you can do this through me and I surrender to you doing that through me. So I was looking for like a good verse to kind of encapsulate that for me. And all the verses were talking about being talkative. Not about gossip. No. Yeah. It was like so much about just talkative folks getting themselves in trouble. Just running your mouth. Wow. I hadn't even connected those two things ever, but it made sense with so many of my examples in my life, especially me talking to Mike and him stopping me and being like, watch what you're going to say. No way. Wow. Gosh, you guys are so holy. I mean, we're just trying. It's interesting to me that you're feeling convicted by this because I don't find you to be a talkative person. I feel like I've actually really learned from you and what a listener you are, what a posture of listening you take in conversations. In fact, it happened for the first time that I was listening intently at someone, looking intently at someone. And he said, are you going to say anything? I said, I'm just listening. Wasn't it Mike? It was Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Mike is just waiting for us to say something. We're just actively listening. (laughs) Isn't that what we all want, really? When we're going through something, don't you just want someone to listen, to really understand, to make an effort to receive your heart and to understand and not jump in with their opinion before they've heard the whole story? Yeah. It's such a desire of my heart. It's why this counselor that I'm seeing is such a good fit. She really receives me. And it's a huge space of grace. Every time 
I talk to her about something, even as I'm processing and it doesn't make sense, she's so focused on listening. That's cool. She's not talkative. (laughs) (laughs) Who is it that said that about the Lord? That if he's quiet, he's listening. Me. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you got it from somewhere. Just your own little heart. Just a year of the Lord being (laughs) extremely quiet and looking at me intently and listening with love. You know, in some ways, I'm still in that. It was one of the most revealing seasons in prayer for me was to find that the Lord doesn't always rush in and correct me. In fact, I had even adopted a certain tone and could input my own words or answers from like previous things the Lord had said, I would just jump to the conclusion that this is what God is going to say. In fact, it's Father Dan Keneally, who we had on the podcast, who in a five day said to me, Beth, you're very good at knowing what the Lord would say, but I wonder if you're letting him say it. Mm. And when I started to make space to let the Lord say it, whatever it is, I found that oftentimes he didn't say anything. He was just right there. He wasn't blown away or reactive to my feelings and to what I said. He just wasn't phased by any of that. He was so steadfast in his love and in his listening that I treasure now the quiet of God, the silence of God, because it's not an absence of his presence. It's actually a profound experience of his presence. I think so often when that happens for us, no matter where it happens in our prayer lives, no matter when it happens in our prayer lives, it can feel so desolate. Mm. Like, where is he? And I think it's really beautiful to know he's there, to keep that in the forefront of your mind. Keep reminding yourself he's right here, even if it feels like you can't hear anything, or maybe even you have thoughts of like, this isn't real. I don't know, just doubts of his presence and his steadfastness, as you Mm -hmm. said. But to remember, go back to scripture and remember that he's right there always. That's it. I mean, scripture really roots me in the reality of who God is, in his steadfast love, in his presence, in the fact that he never leaves. That's all right in scripture. So even if I'm not feeling it, the truth is there in the word. And I have to choose to believe the word over my feelings. Yeah. It's just funny, like, the Lord's not talkative. No. <laughs> you notice this in scripture. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking right now of the rich young man who comes to Jesus and says, like, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, you know, keep the commandments. And he's like, I've done all these things for my youth, whatever. Fast forward. And he went away sad. Jesus did not chase him down. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, um, yeah. can I just let me clarify a couple of things, maybe make that a little more palatable for you. Yeah. He doesn't do it in John 6 when people desert him after he gives, you know, the discourse on the bread of life when he says he's going to come in bread and wine and give his flesh and his blood for us to eat and drink. He does not clarify. He doesn't say, oh, is that too hard? You know what? I should have said, I meant a symbol. He doesn't do that. He's not talkative. He's like direct. Yes. Clear. Clear. His words are very intentional. All mm-hmm. of scripture is like that. The word of God, the words of Jesus are intentional. He doesn't waste words to make sure we're okay with it. He speaks definitively. Yeah. So bringing that back to my little talkative heart wanting to 
be more intentional. There are just some things that don't need to be said out loud. Yes, I'm growing, thanks be to God. But I have a bad habit of saying, you know, I shouldn't even say this, but, Mm -hmm. and then I say it anyway. Yeah. Whenever I have that thought, I shouldn't say this, but even before it comes out of my mouth, again, by the grace of God, I'm starting to realize, oh, this is actually what makes people holy, denying themselves those little pleasures of the flesh in the moment. I feel relieved and I vented, but there's like a yucky aftertaste, isn't there? Yeah. Not only in your mouth, but like just a yucky feeling in your body, in your spirit. Anytime I think we don't deny ourselves. Wow. It's so true. Yeah. I've realized I'm doing this with shopping lately. I'm like, oh my gosh, buying, shopping buying, is huge buying. for me. And I'm like, what are you doing? You have everything you need. It helps to get off of Facebook. Okay. You don't look at your sponsored ads. <laughs> my issue isn't online shopping. My, oh, okay. my issue is I'm lonely or I'm bored. And so I go to Target. I mean, I just go to have something to do. Totally. I'm bored. Yeah. I could be praying. I could be connecting with people. I could exercise. But instead, I'm going to go to Target for the second time today. <laughs> <laughs> Since trying to limit social media, especially on the weekends, I'm really struggling with finding something to do. Jenna. I don't want to do arts and crafts, guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't. I need to get some books. Just spitballing here. I think the Lord would actually help us both Okay, if we would just ask him about it. <laughs> I'm bored. I'm lonely. Yeah. I'm sad. I think sharing it and his steadfast listening, I think would be a relief in and of itself. But I wonder if he would also redirect those negative emotions, if he would redirect our actions, our feelings. I don't know. Good thing to try. <laughs> Let's try it out. Guys, we're just figuring this out right along with you. As we go. So the verse that I really liked of all the verses that talk about gossip, it's from Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Girl, I have that verse memorized. Oh my gosh, what? Yeah, thank you for the reminder because I haven't been praying that verse, but it's so powerful to have a verse to redirect you. Totally. It's not like, oh, in my own will, I know I'm not supposed to gossip, but I just, I just need to say it. Lord, put a watch over my mouth lest I sin against you with my tongue. I will sin against you, Lord. You've got to do it. Totally. That's what I liked about it. So this transition again is keep watch over the door of my lips. Wow. It's just so cool. You know what it is too? It's visual. Yeah. I like like visual Close the door over my mouth. So I don't sin against you. Yeah. There are so many verses about the power of words, Mm. about the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Life and death. You and I both, we've experienced when someone's words have breathed life, totally propelled us, encouraged us, buoyed us up, opened a door of possibility, revealed something about God. But the power of death is in the tongue, too. I mean, I can recall at a moment's notice something that someone has said that brought death into my soul, that just cut me at the knees and diminished me. I do that with my own tongue. The tongue is a rudder. That's in James. Chapter 3, verse 5. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. You can burn up your whole life 
with your words. I've personally experienced saying something horrible and having it blow up a relationship. I thought I said it in quiet. I thought I said it off the record and it wasn't. And I made that choice. I didn't need to speak and I set a fire. The word is so definitive on this. Words are so important to God. I think what was fascinating to me is I think this is something that we think isn't a big deal. For me, for example, talking to Mike and just thinking this is a safe place for me to say whatever I want about so-and-so and their family or so-and-so and how they're living their life or so-and-so and how she's a gossip, it's not a small deal to God. I think Absolutely. I think it is. Yeah. You know, I need the conviction that it's not. I had a confession that changed my life. I'm pretty sure I was confessing cussing. And he told me that specifically because of my ministry, specifically because the Lord has asked me, anointed me to preach, I need to be extremely careful with my words because I'm using my words to proclaim the gospel. I can't out of the same mouth be speaking about people or cussing. I mean, that was like holy fear of the Lord. I do not want to have this ministry of the mouth and at the same time be just like shooting off. Well, what's convicted me about cussing over the past week is Father Charlie's episode. And then Mike was looking into some information about exorcisms and stuff and how the demons just like cuss the whole time. What? Yeah. They just are always cussing. I don't want to speak like a demon. Just makes me want to weep the patience of God that he allows us to continue in certain things until we're ready. And then there's grace there mm-hmm. to make a change. I want to be pleasing to the Lord in my speech. You know, I used to have a habit even in prayer of cussing. I was so angry and I didn't have the words. And so I would just cuss. I would just even write cuss words in my journal. And the Lord was so patient and forbearing. He really like stood in there with me, seeing ahead, years ahead, that he could bring this up and my heart would be receptive to it. But he allowed me to continue in that until the time. I would like to hear some sort of like Bible verse or convicting thing that's saying, if I say something bad about someone, that's the Lord's child too. You know, I'm not a scripture scholar, so there may be a verse speaking exactly to what you're talking about. Yeah. But I wonder if just all of the verses that we receive as for ourselves, about ourselves, about being like chosen, formed in the womb, we're also meant to be applying them to other people. So naturally, with this depth of reverence for the dignity of other human beings who were also created in God's image, formed in their mother's womb— We're just not supposed to talk about them. Yeah. This is one of the things that I love about the Lord. You know, that he systematically is working to renew the whole person. He's transforming us bit by bit from glory to glory. We just get better and better over time as we're ready, as we become docile. We're essentially just allowing the Lord to be the Lord over every aspect of our lives. So at this time, (laughs) it's just time to now bring our speech in line and to make Jesus the Lord over 
our mouths, which is a heart issue. Out of the mouth, the heart speaks. That's in Matthew. Well, and to become more and more like him. Yes. I think he's just such an example to me of a person I want to be like. So I think that's something I can cling to. Like the Lord would never say this. I also like in our examination of conscience, which is what I was using this morning to prepare for a good confession. We have one on our website, blessedoshi.net. And in that examination, it says, if you struggle with this vice or this sin, here's a virtue. So helpful. To really pray about and pray for. Anyway, so I wonder what the flip virtue is of gossip. Is it humility? It's a virtuous Action. Virtuous trait. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I think you're onto something because ultimately isn't pride the root of our speech. We want people to hear us speak. We want people to know our opinion. We want to look better. We want to look better. Yeah. Yeah, I think humility is something we have to pray and ask for. And it's not glamorous, but I think self-denial is probably the start of just making a choice literally putting your hand over your mouth. I don't need to say that. Lord, put a watch over my mouth, lest I sin against you with my tongue. You know, my favorite hymn of all time is... I don't know. Yeah, you do. Come the fount. The verse that says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and keep it. Keep it for thy courts above. I just resonate with that so much. I am prone to wander. Mm -hmm. I just want to beg God to keep me close to him and in his grace because I have seen other people leave. I'm not special in that way. I don't have more faith or I'm not holier than they were. I am just as prone to wander. I don't especially want to wander from him in my heart, even staying in relationship with him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, every sin. time, every time we yes. sin. Yes. I don't want to be close to him and still sin. I want to become more like him the closer I am to him, not stay in my own ways, talk about whatever I want, whenever I want, do my own thing, but also, oh, I love the Lord. Those things aren't compatible. We have to be renewed in every way our behavior, our thoughts, our will. I'm just going to keep listing things that need to be redeemed in me personally, (laughs) my feelings, my desires, my plans, all of it. He wants to be Lord over all of it. I love the idea of him transforming us. It's like something I cling to a lot, this Mm -hmm. idea of transformation. I ask a lot to be transformed by him. And so I just think that this has been a part of that. I want my speech to be transformed by you. Even the way I think, you know, I want to think like you think, Lord. I want to set my mind to things above. So I've just been feeling convicted about it. Again, it was just today. (laughs) So my conviction, you know, is very fresh. I feel very zealous about it. And I'm looking forward to going to confession and having a really beautiful, clean slate. Well, praise God, we're talking about it too, because I think inspirations like that kind of blow in. The Holy Spirit just makes a suggestion, but so often we just keep on trucking. Got a life to live. Yeah. And, I agree. And to, to talk about it, to process it with someone, to take it to the word, to go to confession and invite fresh grace yes. into those areas of conviction, there's more possibility for deeper transformation and lasting transformation. So true. When we talk about it. 
It's not just a flippant thought. You know what I love? I love that this conviction for you isn't coming out of a mistake. Like, praise God. This is the sweet discipline of the Lord. It's not like, wow, everything in my life is a nightmare. I better get ready. It's just the fruit of Or I really messed up. Yeah, I better really get myself in line. Yeah. It's just relationship with the Lord. Like, hey, can we talk about this? Let's make some strides in this area. I Mm -hmm. want you to be holy. I want you to have more peace. I want to show you how I think. I want to teach you how I talk instead of it coming out of like this place of failure or shame. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for me because there is residual grace. (laughs) I mean, we do. We get to walk closely together. And so it's cool to be like in the residual glow of what the Lord's doing in you. Ditto. Should we pray? Let's do it. (laughs) In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your discipline. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your silence and your steadfastness, God. We receive you as you are, God, in our lives. Would you please transform us according to your will, transform us more and more into your heart, Father. We invite you once again, to be the Lord of our lives, to come and sit on the throne of our hearts, to take your rightful place. God, we love you. We worship you. We're so sorry, Lord, for the ways that we've spoken about other people, thought about them, talked about them. God, I'm sorry for my language. ask you to forgive us and to pour out your grace, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Beth. Thank you, Jenna. Thanks for my counseling session. This was very enlightening. Thank you, Holy Spirit, the counselor. <laughs> that was good. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.